heart so troubled you don't think you count at all waves can seem like mountains when your boat is oh so small but somewhere past the clouds waits a new day to begin sometimes it takes a storm to calm the storm within sometimes it takes a
to get us to appreciate how much he is our hiding place. If nothing ever bad happened in our lives, we would start trusting in ourselves more and more and trusting in God less and less because everything's smooth. But he allows the difficulties, doesn't he? And he loves us so much and he's promised to be with us through the storm and be with us all through our lives. You know, it's interesting that this May 5th is Cinco de Mayo, but it's also designated as a day of prayer. And I think for our country especially, but for our whole world, we need a lot of prayer. And so on that special day, let's remember to pray earnestly for our country and for all the needs around us as things seem to be collapsing right, left, and center. But we thank God that we have the Lord and he's our anchor through the storm. Shall we just open in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we're here this morning in this sanctuary, in this holy place, dedicated to you, Lord. And we just pray that your Holy Spirit will be our teacher today and guide us by the Spirit. Have a special message for each heart today, Lord. We pray for anyone who's not saved that they will make this today the day of their salvation. And for those who are saved, it will be a day of renewed dedication and commitment to our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Please hide me behind the cross, Lord, and just pray that the words that are spoken will be from you, that they will be your words, and that you will be glorified. And we just ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You know, we sang that song today, and it's so easy to sing songs, isn't it? And just to sing the words, we've sang them before, the music is beautiful, it's all great, but when you really stop to think about it, we sang these words this morning. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. When you sing a song like that, you have to mean it. You have to mean it, that you have decided to follow Jesus. You've decided to leave the world. You've decided to leave all that you have behind and go out and follow Jesus. Just like Abraham did when God called Abraham. He said, Abraham, go out. And he didn't know where he was going. But he trusted God and he went on that straight path and followed. And he became a great man of faith and a great man of God. You know, there's no room in the Christian life for turning back. There's no U-turns. There's no detours. There's no exits on the straight and narrow path we walk with the Lord. We know the devil tries to distract us. He tries to get us off course. He tries to take us on an exit, on a tangent, and get us off our main purpose in life to live for the Lord and to bring others to Christ. And he tries to do it. But he wants us to go forward. 
Someone once said, don't look back, you're not going that way anyway. I was talking to a fellow at work and he mentioned this phrase and I got to thinking about it. Don't look back, you're not going that way anyway. People that live in the past and look back and go, want to go back into the past, there's no victory there. You want to go forward. And I really love the story of Ruth because in the first chapter of Ruth, she made that commitment. She basically said, I'm going to follow you, Naomi. I'm going to follow your God. And I'm going to, wherever he takes me, no turning back. And she never went back to Moab. She didn't go and say, well, when we get to, to Israel, we'll see how it works out in Bethlehem. We'll see if it works out. And then, if I like it there, fine. If not, I'll go back. Or she could have said, well, when Naomi dies, when she passes away, I'll go back to my country. She didn't say that. She said, I am going to follow no turning back. And that's the commitment that God wants out of our lives. He wants us to have that dedication and commitment to him that we're going to follow. No matter what happens, good or bad, difficult or not difficult, we're going to follow on that straight and narrow path until we get home to glory. And that's the title of our message today is No Turning Back. No Turning Back. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 9, verses 57 to 62. We see the Lord Jesus Christ himself was on a journey. It started when he came from heaven, came down into this world. He was on a mission. He was on a journey. And that journey was going to end at the cross. It was going to end in pain and agony and suffering for our sins. But it was also going to end. It wasn't going to end there. He was going to rise from the dead, which he did. And he's going to ascend back to heaven and he's going to promise us to come back for us. No turning back. He was willing to go. And it says in Scripture, he set his face as a flint to go to Jerusalem. He knew exactly what was going to happen in Jerusalem. I think if I was in that situation, in my flesh, I would say, if I know I'm going to go somewhere and be killed, I think that would be the last place I would go. I would drive in the opposite direction. I would avoid it at all costs. But the Lord Jesus didn't feel that way. He loved you too much. He loved me too much to turn back before the finished work was finished. And we should not turn back either. Luke chapter 9, verses 57 to 62. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid farewell to those who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of heaven. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to our hearts today, and may the Holy Spirit use it in our lives. We're going to look at three things this morning, and they're all put in the negative, but they all are positive for us. Three things, and Ed's going to put them up on the screen. Number one, don't look back. Don't look back. Number two, don't go back. And number three, don't look to the right 
or to the left. This is the kind of commitment the Lord wants us to have as disciples. He wants us not to look back. He wants us not to go back. And he wants us not to turn to the left or to the right, but to go straight forward for him. You know, some of the most challenging words are found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 17 and verse 32. Just three words the Lord Jesus spoke to the people. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. We know the story. Back in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, it was an evil place. We think we're living in evil times. That was evil. I think some ways we're more evil even than that in our society today. But Lot and his family had lived in Sodom for a while, and they got comfortable there, and they weren't leaving. As evil as it got, as bad as it got, they didn't leave. And so the angels had to come, and they had to, to tell them, you have to flee because God's judgment is coming down on the city of Sodom and on Gomorrah, and you've got to get out. But they lingered, they hesitated, and so the angel took both took Lot's wife by the hand, he took Lot by the hand, he took the two daughters that they had by the hand and took them out. But we all know the story, and in Genesis 19.26 it says this, but his wife looked back behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Amazing. Here she was, she was leaving what we know as the city of destruction. There was nothing left for them there. God was going to destroy it with fire and brimstone coming down. And still, she looked back. She didn't want to leave. And there's so many people today that they look back, they see something behind them that somehow looks better than what their circumstances are in right then. And it's sad. It's really, really sad. It says in Genesis 19, 16, And while he, that is Lot, lingered, the men took hold of his hand, as I said, and his wife's hand and the hand of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside of the city. Yes, no turning back. No turning back. You know, we've seen over the years people that have come to church and they've been here for a while. Sometimes a few days, sometimes a few weeks, sometimes a few years, sometimes many years. And you say, this person, they looked so good, everything looked so good. What happened to them? Why did they leave? Why did they leave the Lord? Why did they leave his will? Why they were on that straight and narrow path? What happened? And you know, the devil is trying to get people. And he knows our weaknesses and he knows how he can get us. And that's why we have to stay close to the Lord. We have to be in his word. We have to come for fellowship. We have to be drawn close to the Lord because if we're not, the devil can interfere with us so many times if we look back. Don't look back. When I ran track and cross country, my coaches used to teach me, don't look back. When you're running the race, keep your eyes straight ahead Keep it right on the road where you're going or the trail where you're running or on the track that you're going. Keep your eyes open, focus, and go straight ahead. And when you're coming down to the end, sprint. Give it your all. The last ounce of strength and energy you have make, could make the difference between losing the race or winning the race. And the other thing that can happen to help cause you to lose the race is if you hesitate and look back to see somebody coming up behind you. You know, when you run, you can actually sometimes hear the breathing 
of the runner coming up behind you. You can hear the footsteps of the person coming up behind you. But if you look back, they'll be by you before you know it, and they'll beat you. And so the coaches used to say, don't look back. How many runners have lost the race? We've even seen it in the Olympic Games where you look over and you see the person looking like this and the other runner wins the gold medal. It happens. And it can happen in the Christian life because there's so many distractions for us to look back at this world. This evil world has nothing to offer us and we shouldn't be looking back. And the Christian life is no different than that. Where should our eyes be? Our eyes should be focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And you know, you can't look at Jesus and look back at the same time. You can't do it. We have two eyes, but you can't do it. It's impossible. You, if you're looking this way, you can't be looking back this way. It's not possible. We have to keep looking forward. Keep looking forward. But Dean, you don't know what I'm going through. It's tough right now. My job is tough. I don't know if I'm going to still have a job. Uh, you don't know about my marriage. You don't know about the problems with my health and all these things. God says, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. Don't let the circumstances overwhelm you. Don't look back. Our Lord put, said it very clearly here. He said to this person, no one, after putting his hand to the plow, and after that, looking back, is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Now, he's not talking about a person's salvation there, but he's talking about a person who wants to serve the Lord and be a disciple and, and give his all. You can't look back. You have to put your hand to the plow and keep going. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to be faithful. He wants us to keep going day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year. He wants to, to make sure that we're faithful to him. You know, the Christian life is a life of commitment and dedication and surrender, and it's a life of going forward. Anytime we're not going forward, where are we going? We're going backwards. And that's why they say backsliding, because if you're not going forward, you're going to be sliding backwards. It's a slippery slope in this world, and before you know it, you're going backwards. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verses 25 and 26, the Lord tells us there, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Don't look back. Can you imagine if you were to talk to Lot's wife one day and said, Lot's wife, Mrs. Lot, we don't know what her first name was, right? Mrs. Lot, <clears throat> Was it worth it to look back at that city that was going to be destroyed and burned up and she became a pillar of salt? No, it wasn't worth it. And so many times in our lives, if we go back or if we look back, it's not worth it. Look at Naomi. She and her husband Elimelech and the two boys, they went off to Moab. And it was a hard road and things started to happen and he, the husband died and the two sons died and we saw how she had to turn around and go backwards and make a U-turn to go the right direction. And we see also how God used those circumstances, as bad as they were, to bring Ruth. And Ruth somehow saw something in Naomi about her following the true and living God and so she wanted that herself and she wasn't going to let anybody convince her not to go. And finally Naomi said, 
come on, let's go. And they went back. They went back to where Naomi should have been in the beginning. So don't look back. Secondly, don't go back. It's even more dangerous to go back. You know, the Israelites, they're a they're a complaining people. They are a murmuring people. They come out of Egypt, right? God gives them deliverance over their enemies. He gives them deliverance from Pharaoh and all of Egypt and the hard taskmasters and all the things they had. He leads them out. And then as Pharaoh comes with his army, he leads them through the Red Sea on dry ground and gives them a victory. And they sing songs of praise to the Lord. And then the next thing you know, we don't have any water to drink. What are we going to do? We have no food to eat. This wilderness. And God was so merciful to them. But though he provided for all their needs through the manna, through the quail, through the water from the rock, and all these things, they complained, they murmured, they grumbled. Does that remind you of anybody today? Reminds me of me. Reminds me of me. Sometimes God can do all these great things for us, but I'm focused on this one thing that's kind of going wrong right now, this one problem, and we put our focus on that, and it takes our attention off the Lord and what all the great things he's done for us. And truly, we should be thankful. In Numbers 14.3, it says, Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? They wanted to turn back. They wanted to turn back. So many times they wanted to turn back. And when Moses was up on the mountain and he was getting the law, the Ten Commandments, they were down there making a golden calf and they said, we don't know what happened to this Moses. Let's make a golden calf. Let's make this idol here. This is the God who brought you up out of Egypt and all this. It was so sad. And yet that's the human nature. That's the nature of man, to be unthankful and to complain. And somehow they thought Egypt was great. You know, that perspective. Now they're out in the wilderness and they start forgetting what really went on in Egypt. Do you remember the beatings? Do you remember how they, didn't, they took away the straw from you so that you had to go out and collect stubble and make the bricks? Do you remember that? They raised the quota and every, you had to do the same and everything. Do you remember that? Do you remember that they, they treated you like second-class people and they were mean to you and all that kind of thing? Oh, no, it was great in Egypt. We had bread to the fill. We had onions and leeks and melons and garlic and all these wonderful things. And all we have in the wilderness here is this manna. Now, the world, when you think back and you look back at the world of what you had before you're saved, is there anything you want to go back to? Is there anything you want to go back to? There's nothing there. The devil tries to convince you that maybe things were better back in those days. Maybe you didn't have as many problems then. You didn't have as much pain and suffering going on. Since you've become a Christian, it's been hard, right? Because we know there's opposition from the devil and there's trial. And so the devil tries to convince you, go back. It's better there. Go back to Moab. Go back to Egypt. No, it's never good. It's never good there. In the portion of Scripture that Carl shared about those Israelites and they were seeking God's counsel. Remember in the book of Jeremiah, it's amazing. They rejected God's counsel, and they ended up going back to Egypt. And the reason their reasoning was is because if we stay here, the king of, of Babylon is going to come and he's going to kill us because one of their uh, men in their midst had killed the, the leader that Babylon had set up. But God had promised them, stay here, stay in the land. I will protect you. I will bless you. But nope. As Carl mentioned, their bags were already packed, their minds were already made up, 
and they were just asking for counsel just because, not because they were going to do it. But it's scary when we take U-turns and we, we take exits and we do these things, and that's what exactly happened to Naomi. And if you ask Naomi, Naomi, tell us, what was it like in Moab? Well, it wasn't very pleasant. It wasn't very pleasant. We saw it in the movie. We really did. And there's a scary verse, and I call it a scary verse because we've read it before, but it is downright scary. It's Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 11. Ed, if you'll put that one on. This is a, it's a tragedy. As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. If we're foolish enough to turn back and go back to the world and back to the vomit and back to the corruption and evil, that's the result. It's going to be terrible for our lives. It's not going to be better. It's going to be worse. It's going to be worse. And that's why the Lord wants us to, to live for him and live in his presence and have the peace that passes understanding. And you know, when the Lord Jesus invites us to be his disciples, he doesn't put the conditions in fine print. You know, when you, when you get a contract and you get the contract, down at the bottom, the legal ease, the fine print, oh, you can't do this, oh, you have to do this. And there's all kinds of little, and they put it in fine print, they put it down in small letters. You have to have a magnifying glass to read it. But the Lord Jesus didn't do that. He didn't put discipleship in, in fine print. He, sell, he spelled it out for people. And when he spelled it out, a person had to make the decision, am I going to follow Jesus, no turning back, or am I going to turn back? And in the Gospel of John chapter 6, you see a group of people that had followed Jesus for a while. And it says they turned back. They went back. In John 6.66, there's that 666. Oh boy. John 6.66. It says, from that time, many of his disciples, how many? Many. Not a few. Many of his disciples went back and followed him no more. They turned back. How sad is that? I spoke on that one time on the message on that, and it's really, really sad to think that they could have followed Jesus, seen his miracles, witnessed his love, seen all the things that he had done up until that point, and then said, no, no, it's not for me. I can't do it. It's too hard. Too much commitment. I can't. I can't do it. And that's what they did. There was a missionary named Mary Slesser, and she was a missionary to a country called Calabar. And I wondered, what is Calabar? Well, it's a former name of the modern country of Nigeria. And she once said this, anywhere provided it be forward. Anywhere provided it be forward. I'll go anywhere provided I'm going forward. And that's what the Lord wants us to do, to go forward. But Lord, it's difficult. Put your hand to the plow. Keep going. And the Lord wants us to do it. So don't look back and don't turn back. It's a challenge to our hearts because sometimes circumstances are so difficult, we get so down, we say, Lord, why did this happen to me? Why is this going on? We're tempted. But he says, keep going. Keep trusting me. Keep following me. Remember how much I love you. And don't look back and don't turn back. And then finally it says, don't turn to the left or right. This phrase, don't turn to the left or right, is found many times in Scripture. And we know from mathematics and different studies we've had in school, they say the shortest distance between two points is what? A straight line. Straight line. 
So conversely, what that means is the longest distance between two points is a crooked line. A crooked line that's crooked, going here, going there, going this way, like this. You'll get there maybe eventually, but look how many crooked it's going to take you forever. The Lord says, no, no crooked lines, no detours, no exits, keep going straight. And that's what he wants us to do. And in the spiritual realm, it's the same way. Straight, straight line. So many times we waste time, don't we? We waste time. We waste it. There was a song, and Sylvia has sang it many times before. Maybe you'll sing it for us again because it's such a great song. Wasted years, wasted years. Oh, how foolish. The songwriter is talking about wasted opportunities, wasted years that he was outside of God's plan and God's will. You know, nothing good can come from that. The only good can come from that is the good of coming back, the good of turning back to the Lord, but not turning to the left or to the right. Because when you go in life, you're going straight, right? If you go to the left, you're going off course. If you go to the right, you're going off course. And he doesn't want us to go either to the left or to the right. Proverbs 4.27 says this, Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil, because turning to the right or left isn't going forward either. The Lord is walking with us. He is walking with us, and he always is like a little bit ahead so he can lead us, right? If we turn to the left, he's going straight. If we turn to the right, he, he's still walking. So we've already fallen behind if we turn either to the left or to the right. You know, if you're a little kid and you're with your parents and you're holding their hand and you're walking in the store, right? And all of a sudden you look over to the left. Oh boy, candy. Or you look over to the right, toys. Next thing you know, you've left your, your parents' hand and then where's mom? Where's dad? because you turn to the left or to the right. I never forget the story about that one time at the store in El Cerrito where I got lost and I was panicked, panicked, because I was a little kid. Where's my mom? Where's my mom? And the Lord is like that with us. He wants us to stay close to him because he knows we need him so much. And when we stay close to him and walk on that straight and narrow path, it will be a blessing. But how many times do we get distracted? We really do. We get distracted by the things of the world, things that look good, things that seem good, things that look better than what we have. And we have to be careful because the devil knows how to distract us. I read an interesting story about Yogi Berra. We've all heard about Yogi, and of course, Yogi had some of the most interesting expressions, right, on some of the things he used to say. But he was a well-known catcher for the New York Yankees, and they were playing in the World Series against the Atlanta Braves, well, it was the Milwaukee Braves in those days. And Henry Aaron, or Hank Aaron, came up to the plate. He has his bat ready, right? He's a home run slugger. We know he was the all-time home run king until Barry Bonds beat the record, and that's another story, but uh, <laughs> because of the steroids, but anyway. So here he comes up to the plate, and Yogi Berra always likes to try to distract the batter. So he goes up to, to, to Henry Aaron, and he said, Henry, you're holding that bat all wrong. You're supposed to hold the bat so the trademark, you know, faces out like that. And, and, and Henry's just, he's just standing there like this, doesn't say a word. The next pitch comes, he hits that ball out into left field, way out into the bleachers. Runs around first base, second base, 
third base, comes in, touches home, says to Yogi, I didn't come up here to read. I didn't come up here to read the trademark on the bat. I came up here to swing the bat. And I bet Ryogi never forgot that. But that's what the devil tries to do. He tries to get us distracted. You're not holding the bat right. You're not doing this right. You're not a good Christian. You don't read your Bible enough. You're, you're, you're not this. You're not that. You're weak. You can't handle this. And he tries to distract us, but the Lord wants us to keep focused on him because he is our strength. He is our sufficiency. Moses commanded the people in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 14, he says, You shall not turn aside from any of the words that which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. And that's exactly what happened to the Israelites too. They got distracted and they started worshiping other gods. Later on, when Solomon had built the temple and done all of those things, he married all these foreign women and it took his heart away. He was distracted. He was, he was worshiping these false gods, and he ended up so sad in his life. May the Lord help us to be encouraged not to turn either to the left or to the right. Both are bad moves. We have to go straight. I love King Josiah. He was a great king over Israel. Other than David, him and Hezekiah, they were two of the greatest kings in the history, and they were kings of Judah. And it says in 2 Chronicles 34 and verse 2, And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right or to the left. You know, that movie was so encouraging on Wednesday night. And I really love the fact that Obed was telling the story to David, right? It was so well done. And then they turned it at the end and brought it back to David again. And just think how David got so encouraged by what his grandfather was telling him. You're the anointed king. Remember, you killed the lion and you killed the bear. And he says, well, I, he's, his dad comes and says, take this food down. Doesn't that remind you? Right before he was going to do what? Kill the giant Goliath. And the Lord knows we need encouragement. He knows when we need it. He also is there for us 24-7, and he wants us to be a blessing. So may the Lord touch our hearts this morning to remember don't look back. Don't look back. You know, God made our necks so we can only turn them so far, right? If you're like this, you can only go this way or this way. Peripheral vision also. To, turn, to look back and to go back, you have to actually turn your whole body and go in the wrong direction. We have to go in the right direction. Don't look back. The reason we say don't look back because that leads to going back. As soon as you look back and you're tempted, you could go back. So don't look back and don't go back. And don't turn to the left and don't turn to the right. If we're staying in God's will, that's a happy place. That's a joyful place. That's a, a place of peace when we're doing God's will and we can be successful in it. So let's remember, don't be like Lot's wife. It said, remember Lot's wife. Don't be like that. Don't look back. The devil's going to tempt you. Don't listen. He's going to whisper in your ears. Don't listen. Keep your focus ahead and on the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes on him. And not only that, but don't look back. Don't think that there's anything worthwhile in this world, in Egypt at all. All it's going to bring is sorrow, regret, and ruin. And that's exactly what happened to Naomi. She had sorrow, she had regret, 
and she had ruined. But the great thing about it was she finally realized it's time to go back to God. And maybe you're here this morning and you have been going astray. You've been going to the left or you've been going to the right or you've been looking back or you've been, you've been going back. Now is the time to say, Lord, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. We get saved and we say that. Lord, I'm going to follow you. No turning back. But the temptations come and we have to be true to that commitment. Don't look back. Don't go back and don't turn to the left or to the right. Yes, may God help us to turn our hearts to him. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the challenging scriptures that you have given us today and the words. And we just pray, Lord, because we know we're weak, we're finite creatures. We, we get distracted, we get off course so many times and we just pray, Lord, that you'll have mercy on us and help us to walk in your ways and to keep our eyes on you and not to look back and not to go back to this world. There's nothing in this world that it has to offer us at all. And help us not to turn to the left or right or anything that would distract us, Lord. Help us to be your true disciples. And we just think of how the hymn writer says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love, yet thou, Lord, hast deigned to seal it with thy spirit from above. And so we pray that you will lead us in your ways, Lord, and no matter how hard life gets, we know that you're with us and we have a great and glorious future to look forward to in heaven. Help us to walk the walk, Lord, and we pray that you will help us. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.